Hello again, listeners. It's time for another episode of the Novel Expressions Book Club. I'm Natalie, the youngest sister. I'm Jess, the middle sister. I'm Pam, the oldest sister. And I'm Nancy, their mom. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> really good uh, inflection there at the end. It sounded very cheerful. It is. Very fun for was cheery. You're delighted to be our mom tonight. I am. I'm always delighted. Just tonight. <laughs> So today we are discussing The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. This book does have a little bit of controversy, controversy surrounding it. I just wanted to say that funny. Um, so let's just jump right into our discussion of this. I think at some point, hopefully we'll talk about the controversy surrounding this novel, but um, I'll get us started and just say that so much of this story was really hard for me to fathom. Um, like moving across the world for a man you barely know or riding a horse into the mountains with crazy train every single day for like, I don't know, it seemed like 10 hours a day they were out riding, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like the floods that were just like, all right, it's flooding. Go tell the neighbors. Like, let's go. Everybody put your stuff on top of your house because you don't even have real windows maybe. And also the fact that this particular flood in this book was a result of Van Cleve being a horrible mine owner and not taking care of the dam and it could have totally been prevented and that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, he was basically the worst. Right, I'm sure we'll talk more about him later because that is so irritating. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing that was so hard for me to fathom is not having books at our fingertips because that is certainly something we take for granted yes for sure for sure and also uh, how a lot of it was mostly the men although there were some women who expressed it but the idea that they were against the whole traveling library because they were worried that the books were filling people's minds with bad things and so because of that you had all these people who couldn't be educated because others were worried that they were going to get bad information. Yeah, Honestly, that's pretty I scary. Think were, I think they were just worried that they were going to get information and they didn't want that. They didn't want yeah. them to be educated. Exactly. They didn't want them to have any of the new things that are coming about because they wanted to, you know, stay with how the world was. The status quo. Yep. Mm-hmm. A little bit of control too when mm-hmm. people aren't educated. That's right. Yep. We see that in, um, I was thinking of like dystopian novels. They'll, they'll do that. They'll show like, they'll have a people who misinformation. They don't know how it is out other places and therefore they can kind of keep them under control. And that's kind of what it seemed like they were doing to these poor folk. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and especially when so many people work in the mines, which was another thing that was just like, I cannot imagine one being someone who works in the mines or two being someone who sends off their brother or husband or son to do that, knowing that like they could get maimed or die or get black lung or whatever. And every time I was reading it, I was like, mom is probably rushing through these parts because it's making her claustrophobic. You betcha. You betcha. (laughs) And so those were some of the really hard things about this novel. But did you not love the scenes between Marge and Sven? I mean, my goodness, this hard character of Marge who was rough and brash and 
stood up to everybody else. But when she was with Sven, she melted. She still, she still kept her ground. She still had her rules and regulations about what he could and could not say to her. But she loved him so passionately and he loved her. And I just loved those scenes. And then when they, their baby arrived, oh my goodness, they were just precious. They brought me to tears many times. Well, what's not to love about Sven? Mm -hmm. Like I adored him and he reminded me of some of the other men that we've read in books recently. Like there's a little bit of ambulance Sam in him, mm -hmm. a little bit of um, Teo, a mm -hmm. little bit. I was trying to think of the different men, just that calm, patient, like I'm in it for the long haul. I love you, nothing else matters kind of attitude, you know, just that total adoration and just that he was, I don't know, he just stuck around. Yeah. One of the things um, that really was shocking to me is when Alice was afraid to tell anyone the truth about her marriage. And I thought how, how crazy it is that she was ignorant about whether or not she had even consummated her marriage. And I thought about Shame on her mother for not helping her know, you know, what to expect. Because at that time, that was what they, you know, that was the only way they could find those things out. And my goodness, to go, to be married to the, somebody and not even know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that made me really sad for Alice. Um, and it also, I just, I know I talk about Bridgerton a lot. I'm really sorry, listeners, but I really thought it was a good show. But that's something that also happens in Bridgerton where the main, the female lead doesn't really know. And you like, you actually see this scene where her mom's trying to explain it. And she just is like, you know, the hounds that we have at like the summer house, like no one told them, but they still had puppies. And that's how she explains it. Like, not at all. So it just was really, really sad that she was so un, oh, just had no clue whatsoever. And really her whole marriage made me sad because like you mentioned earlier, you know, traveling, marrying a man and traveling so far away from home, it's already crazy <laughs> that she's here in this situation. And then where the town she's living in is not what she expected, not what she thought it was going to be. And then people are judging her because of how she, and then I don't know. I just, I would have wanted her marriage to be her kind of safe place. And in fact, it was everything, but, yes. you know, I mean, I don't know. Her whole marriage just made me sad for Alice. For sure. I think part of that problem was the fact that Bennett's dad, Mr. Van Cleve was, literally always around mm -hmm. and it was almost like Bennett could not get out from under his shadow and because of that he and Alice couldn't have the relationship that they should have had um and I just I feel like there were times when I was like I just wish Mr. Van Cleve would die like I just really hated him that much I mean I can you imagine like they can hear him coughing through the wall and they're trying to like get busy Right. right. No. She said she could hear him break wind. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Hard pass. Yeah. Well, and then here's what's amazing to me. So it's hush hush. We don't talk about it. Bennett won't talk about it, you know. And then the scene at dinner when the pastor and his sister were there. And if I'm not mistaken, does she have my name? Am I remembering right? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, I don't remember. She's so forgettable and he's so forgettable. But 
just the fact that they were discussing that the relationship and the intimacy so openly like these are dinner guests this is like and then her father-in-law and her own husband won't talk to her about things and the fact that they're just discussing that and debating about why she isn't getting pregnant and all those things oh my gosh it made me while she's sitting there like she's not alive or something i'm just like what is their problem and yeah. of course, assuming that it's something wrong with her. Oh, of course. It couldn't possibly right. be something wrong with Bennett. Right. And also, obviously, looking for a reason for her to quit being a librarian. Right. Mm-hmm. Because they're nitpicking. Oh, well, I mean, just saying stupid Jiggling things. Jiggling your like, bits around. Your inside <laughs> that, and then right. she's like, well, you should. So, so then I have to say this. Because while I was getting so angry during that scene, when she starts firing back, I'm like, yes, you go, girl. Because she's like, well, let me tell the mountain women then because they seem to have no problem and they're out chopping wood and this and that. And then, you know, because everyone has, Mr. Van Cleve is all about her like English sophistication. And so then she says, well, and women in England, you know, they go out riding all the time and they do all these things. I was just so happy that she stuck up for herself because they were making me crazy. Yeah. There was another scene that she did that. It was later when the pastor had come to see her at the library and was trying oh, yeah. to talk some sense into her about going back to Bennett. And she totally got him and yeah. was able to talk about how, like, with the Bible, how could you possibly say that I'm in the wrong and he's not? That it was just, when she gets a spit fiery like that, it's amazing. Yeah. Show me in the Bible where it's okay for a a uh, father-in-law to beat up his his daughter-in-law mm-hmm. which what the heck was that like that how the entire situation was handled what mm-hmm. i know and I, I like no words that bennett wouldn't even stop it right yeah. like he just i mean he says paw big deal dude get mm-hmm. some kahunas and stop your dad he's an old man mm-hmm. like i don't understand yeah, but his, yeah. his father controlled him completely, or all, at least up to a point, controlled him completely. Yeah. Well, and it was also made clear later that he did the same thing to Mrs. Van Cleve and then would pay her off with pretty things. And that was the other thing that just, it shocked me was how many different women in this story were beat up by a father or a husband were sexually abused and ended up pregnant by their father. Mm-hmm. And no one did anything about it. Nope. It was just, oh, that's their private life. We're going to stay out of it. That's right. It was, that was the unwritten rule. You didn't meddle in somebody else's family affairs. Except yeah. for people did meddle in their family affairs. A lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But they like to act like, but right. they did. Right. Um, also, I just, going back to the point of maybe part of why Bennett and Alice weren't having sex, Maybe it was all those freaking creepy dolls. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Seriously. Also, when you just, I thought of something, Jess, when you just mentioned like how he, how Mr. Van Cleve had treated his wife and yet the way he talks about her, mm-hmm. like she's a saint mm-hmm. or something. Like, it, you know, you, for a long time, you have this idea that he truly adored and worshiped his wife. And then, and so I kept thinking like, why isn't Bennett like that? Like if that was his role model, you know, and then you find out. Well, and I, I kept thinking um, the way they talked about the wife, Bennett's mom, it was like revisionist history. 
-hmm. Like this is what they wanted to remember about her, but this isn't necessarily how it really was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. People do that. Yes, they do. This is something that I actually really liked about this writing as I felt like the author kind of just slipped that in very delicately without coming out and saying that he beat his wife. And I just remember feeling like, oh, that's why he is like this. I just, I thought it was a cool way to put it in there. Yeah. It made me wonder how she really died. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Good point. All right. So I'm going to move on from the wife beating and I'm not saying this is, I, I think you'll all understand. Louis's death. Mm. Oh, gosh, I know. Oh my gosh. It made me so sad because first of all, that's awful in and of itself. And secondly, the way Marge felt about it. Mm-hmm. Like she comes home, she finds that. And then she, I mean, just sits there devastated because she wasn't, and it, like, he's just this innocent dog and this is what happens. And then to hear her talk later about how am I going to be a mother? I couldn't even protect Bluey. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just broke my heart. Just sad. So not obviously the same as. But it totally human. speaks to the lack of character that mm-hmm. Van Cleef had, that he yes. would go after a dog. I mean, mm-hmm. my goodness. Because he knew it would hurt. I know, yeah. but he, what a slime. Oh, for sure. I mean. He was. Multiple things against him, for sure. I Lime. was. Her her mule's name was Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say like yes, I was sad about Bluey for sure, but I would have been like real, real sad about Charlie. Yeah. So I yeah. was very happy that he was okay. Yeah. And just saying real quick, since we're talking about how slimy Van Cleve is, I think what makes me hate him even more is that he puts on this prim and proper act. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what bothered me at the dinner table too, with the pastor and his sister, just because they put on these airs, like I'm, we're this proper, fancy, sophisticated family. And yet these are the kinds of things we're doing and saying, I don't like that. Yeah. The whole time I was reading about Van Cleve, I had this picture of him in my mind and it was, I think it was probably a character from an old TV show who was just one of those fat, balding, unattractive, piggish kind of men who was a, you know, male chauvinist and who drank too much and ate too much and mm-hmm. always had his shirts bulging. I mean, this, I had this picture all the time. He yeah. was like bursting at the seams because he just indulged himself too much, I guess yes. is what I always a there's a character at the beginning of the Space Jam movie, the original, I haven't seen the new one from this year, um, who has like a pinstripe suit and he's always smoking a cigar and he's got a big belly, like that total yeah. belief. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Well, speaking of people who I just didn't understand, what was Bennett's deal? This is a man, a young-ish man, and he doesn't consummate his marriage he was, then he gets married to Peggy eventually, and she feels the same way. She wants to read the book too. What was his deal? Was he gay? Yeah. So yeah. I had that exact thought. And my thinking is they focused a lot on like the baseball team and going out with the friends. And I was thinking like, is he actually attracted to someone on that team? And that's why he's being weird with the girls. 
But then why did he go over to England and find Alice? If he had Peggy at home, they could, he could have used. Why did he bring Alice home? I think for the look of it, because she was prim and proper and sophisticated. Oh my I, f- I feel like Mr. Van Cleve kind of pushed that. That's what I was going to say. You said earlier, he's under his dad's control. That's what mm-hmm. I think happened. Yeah. Wow. That was weird. I mean, we don't know for sure. We yeah. know what we might suspect and what the townspeople also were suspecting. I mean, the girls were talking about that. Yeah. So, so but- in, in direct contrast to Bennett, let's talk about Fred. Oh. Fred was so wonderful. So Marge had Sven and Alice eventually had this wonderful, patient, caring, loving, amazing guy, Fred. I just loved him. Mm-hmm. And really he was there for her the whole time. He was. was so respectful of the fact that she was married. Yeah, and even though her husband was, yeah, even though that had all gone down, he was like, we're not, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to do this right. Which had to have been hard for him because he was a man who had desires. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he and had been hurt. Right. I was definitely cheering them on and wanting them to do things prior to when they did. Mm-hmm. They didn't listen to me, but. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually but, they just decided, yeah. It yeah. paid off because that scene was so great when she's like, I definitely never done that. <laughs> so, yeah. And then when they looked it up in the books, they looked it up in the books, see how important books are. And yeah. found out that they were not actually married then because they had right. not. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. That is true. Let's double check. Let's check one more book to make sure. Yeah. I love that. I am really glad that there was a balance of the good men versus the horrible men in the story because it seems like there were so many who were just rotten to their core. But then you had those couple that just, it made me feel better because there, a lot of the story was really sad. Mm-hmm. But then there are those little glimpses. It was like, okay, I, it's, it's still, I can still handle it. It's not too much. Like yeah. another good guy who it was just brief, but Garrett, you yeah. know, the guy, um, is it Kathleen? Kathleen Blythe. Oh, yeah, her husband. Yes. Yeah. He or, was or, or like Mr. Horner, whose wife had died and he had those two little girls and he then Jim Horner. The reading. Yes. Or William, Sophia's brother. Yes. Yeah. There were some more subordinate characters where the, they were just really sweet, good guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of characters, let's talk about the women characters. I thought the characters of Beth, Izzy, Sophia, and Kathleen really helped complement Marge's and Alice's characters. I think they were just wonderful, wonderful complementary pieces to this whole story. Yeah, I agree. I like how different they all were. Yes. Yeah, that's what I kept thinking. I kept thinking um, they, they're so different, some of them especially. I mean, you've got um, Izzy coming from this, you know, more wealthy family. Like, they have two vehicles, you know. Um, and then you've got, you know, somebody like Marge or like Beth. You know, Beth in the middle of this huge family, you know, fairly poor. Um, Alice from England. But the camaraderie among them. Like, not at first. No. You know, took a minute. But they realized how much they could enjoy each other and how they became like a family of sorts. Yeah, sisterhood. For sure. Mm-hmm. 
Another thing that I really loved, and I think this is because it reminded me of my favorite book, um, for some reason, so first off, let's start with the very first chapter. I can't remember if it was called chapter one or the prologue, but where they talked about how she was up in the mountains and had killed Clem. Um, and then you just, you kind of forgot about that. And then way towards the end of the story, it comes back up again and you're like, oh, right. That's what had happened. And we already know that she is technically guilty of it, but he was attacking her. But the courtroom scene uh, with Marjorie reminded me so much of the courtroom scene in To Kill a Mockingbird. I'm not sure if it was because of the jury or the way it was kind of like a spectacle that everyone in the town wanted to come see. Right. But I just I really loved it because I really loved To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. We Good know. We're taking you to see it. <laughs> I know. I'm so right. excited. Um. Also, the whole thing with the daughter of Clem coming down and like being like, yeah, he said he was going to return his library book. And it's like, nobody can dispute that. Like, so brilliant. All hilarious. And then Sophia hurrying back to the library mm -hmm. to make that little entry in there. That was clever. Oh, good. And like he would actually read. Right. Little women. <laughs> Yes. Which is a phenomenal book, but generally not read by men. And right. And not certainly a not a man, man like him. Exactly. Right. A man who would impregnate his own daughter. Ugh. 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 Yeah. A couple other than the courtroom scene, I think two of the most intense scenes in the whole book were the flood scene. Oh my goodness. When they were trying to get out of that water, I was like trying to help them. I, I felt like I was in the water with them, trudging through it, trying to get out, trying to get them to hold on to those little kids and get through it. And then the other one was, oh, Marjorie's labor. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was intense. Disgusting cell with, oh, with Sophia and Alice trying to do the best they could in the jailer and oh, and those and the men in the other cell being quiet and listening to everything. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine that. Mm-mm. -uh. Can't even imagine. Yeah, like really, they couldn't take her somewhere else for that. I know, just so, so awful. Yeah. It was. I will say, typically, at the end of books, when they try and like make everything good for all the characters, a lot of times it irritates me. Mm -hmm. But in this particular case, I think because so much of the book, I was just so disheartened. The fact that pretty much everyone had a good ending. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was like I needed it to feel like the book was done. You needed Fred and Alice to be together. You needed yes. and Marge to be together. Yep. I needed mm -hmm. each of the librarians to be doing something that they wanted to do, something right. that they enjoyed. Right. I needed Sophia to be okay. Yeah. So true. I yeah. loved that Beth had like her secret bootlegging situation <laughs> yeah. in India. Yes. I love that she gave the moonshine <laughs> and Alice and, uh, was Izzy? it? Oh, it was Izzy. I was going with it. Yeah. No, yeah, right. Beth gave yeah, to Alice and Izzy. That was cracking me up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I will say that since this was a second read for us, it was much easier to read this book this time because I knew that everything was going to be okay. But I remember the first read of this book, I was like, <gasps> 
I can't like Marge cannot be trapped in jail forever. Like this has to work out. And then having her baby and just the whole thing was like really, really, really tough. And when they, when they described her after she gave the baby to Sven and she was was so full of milk, I I felt that with her because I remember what that felt like when you were done nursing and oh my goodness. And I thought, oh, that poor thing. And, and that poor baby, because she's not going to have her mama's milk and oh, it was very hard, very hard. Yeah. So here's what I think, you know, when I was a kid, I liked the idea of the olden days, you know, like I watched little house on the prairie and I Something thought that was cool. About it. Yes. But now when I read things like this, I think, Oh my gosh, how did they survive? Yeah. Like it's just so much all the time. It's so intense. And so I agree with you, Jess. I was so happy, like, okay, good. They're all okay because man, they deserve it. They've worked so hard and struggled so much. And I just I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Do you remember that book that I read that I painted in such a dismal picture that you guys all said you were not gonna read it? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's what was wrong with that book, even though you know, even though it was hard to read, I kept thinking things were going to get better. And I was, people were going to have a happy ending. And I got all the way to the end of the book and it was like, nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was and that, that's why I said, don't read it. Cause it's just, was just too depressing. At least this one, even though there were scary things and there were sad things and there were horrible things, we found redemption through, you know, there was some redemption. Yeah. And my goodness, without that, just too depressing. Well- and everything doesn't always work out. Obviously, that's real life, but you got to have some hope. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, Marjorie lost that time with her baby. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. lost that time with her baby. That she could never get back. She probably mm-hmm. couldn't nurse to continue to nurse the baby because it had been too long. So that right. she could never get back. So there was right. loss, definite loss. Right. right. I mean, Alice couldn't get back the year. She couldn't get back her innocence of feeling the, you know, the feel of a man hitting her. The way he mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. You'd never get that back. So yeah. for sure. So we haven't yet touched on the controversy around this book, which was basically like that there was another book releasing at the same time that had like the same premise, right? It yes. was about the Pack Horse Library. Yeah. Anybody want to say anything about it? <laughs> well, I haven't read it. Yeah. But I will say that. I think that it's fairly normal for different authors to write about similar events in history. So I can't necessarily say that someone is plagiarizing or stealing someone else's idea if you're writing historical fiction. Because from what I've heard, the books are very different otherwise. Mm. And this happened, oh gosh, Natalie, this was probably when you were in middle school. So however long ago that was. Not that long. Come on. It was in ages. Actually, it's been like 20 years probably. We had an author come to our school who had written the book, Running Out of Time, Margaret Peterson Haddix. And when her book released, it just so happened that M. Night Shyamalan had released a movie and both the book and the movie had exactly the same premise. Mm. And people tried to make some sort of accusation that one had stolen from the other. And it just happened that they were both science fiction writers and they came up with the same idea. Right. One was writing a movie, script for a movie. The other one was writing a book. And, you know, there was no plagiarism whatsoever. It was just the same idea. 
Yeah. So I do think we should maybe get Pam's take on it since the same thing happened to her when she was a kid. Can you maybe speak on that a little bit, Pammy? Yeah. Right. When I was in first grade and I came up with the idea of a little chick being hatched (laughs) and its mommy wasn't there. And so it went around looking for its mom and asking, are you my mommy? I don't see why you don't think that that would be my original idea. <laughs> I, mean, I actually, I actually just confessed that to some- And find out if, are you my mother and are you my mommy are similar. No, 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 no. Mine was not called, are you my mommy? It was called The, lost the Little lost chick. lost chick. Don't you have that book? <laughs> yeah, somewhere, yes. Okay. But just because it used the line, are you my mommy instead of are you I my I actually don't even remember what the question was. I'd have to read it if you still Some have it. Mommy, is that you? you of plagiarism. <laughs> All I know is that I got an honorable mention ribbon. Right. Okay. Yes. And, um, and I have think... to go to court. I did not. I did not even get accused of plagiarism. Not even children's court. Correct. There was no controversy regarding my situation. But I did just look it up for you guys. And the book that was similar, is it okay to say you think? Similar, yeah. yes. Okay. Uh, supposedly is The Woman of Troublesome Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson. And JoJo denied even reading it. Like she had not read the book. What was the difference in publishing? Uh, they published a few months apart and they share some noticeable similarities. So I would assume that Richardson's came out a few months before. But here's the thing, how in the world, you know how long it takes for something to get published. How in the world could they accuse them of being plagiarized if one came out within months of the other? Right, mm-hmm. right, right. But I think going back to what Jeff said, um, you know, historical fiction, I mean, how many World War II books have we read? Oh my gosh, you know? or like female spy networks or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. right. And I think what happens sometimes is that when something is big in the news or is kind of released or people learn about things, it probably gives authors ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, when we read, um, was it The Rose Code? Mm-hmm. Where that Kate information went. had just released and like Kate Middleton was involved and all that. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if there are other books with that idea that come out because Mm -hmm. that was a thing in the news. They're going to have a different fictional plot line, but they're going to be based on that story. So I also haven't read, and that's maybe because this this book of whatever, Woman of Troublesome Creek, I felt like, no, I'm a JoJo believer. I'm not reading the other book. I trust that she did not. And if you've read any of, of JoJo's other books, which we have- we know right. what a great author she is. Mm-hmm. Right. So we met her. We did. Right. We did. She like read a chapter to us, right? She did. Yeah. She was delightful. It was. She, she was delightful. I mean, NBD. She just right. read a book to us. <laughs> beautiful accent. Mm-hmm. She had that cute leopard jacket on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was cute. That was fun. We were oh. fangirling. We were. I wish we could have in-person author events again. I know. I know. Pandemic be done. Maybe next year. They say it's fl- the curve is flattening or something like that. 25% fewer cases <laughs> in, the, in the country. All right. Before we get into all, 
a new segment here. Yeah, Dr. Nancy. We got it. We got to cut Dr. King off because. <laughs> Listen, I just had to put in the medical part because we hadn't talked about medical. <laughs> we definitely talked sex. We hadn't done medical. We did. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. But if, since you want a live author event, if mom can find my book, I'll read it to you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, I would be willing okay. to read it. I would also be willing to present how to look hot and sizzle, and sizzle. <laughs> if you're great. interested. I'm and also I an author. Have that yeah, one. I think we can do this. I love it. Mine was more of a photo book, but. Right, but all the same. And maybe Jess can present some of her artwork, some of her artwork. Yes, my really cool artwork from ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Natalie, I still have some of your artwork too, if you want to present I, that. You have it hanging on your wall in your bedroom. I and know. I under my bed and some in my closet. Hey, we could have like a whole gallery thing. Next event. Confirmed that you have my book. You're making me nervous. I know. I'm kind of nervous. She doesn't have it either. I'm not. I don't know where it is. (laughs) (laughs) I figured out. It's. I'm sure it's somewhere. It's probably in the in the closets where I have our photo albums and stuff. The squirrels probably ate it. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. The phantom squirrels yeah. that aren't really there. I heard them tonight just now. I will just tell you, though, okay. that if they have babies, they are so cute. Mm-hmm. Not in my attic. Till they get eaten by a cat. I mean, remember when we were getting our siding done? They totally had to take part of it off to get the squirrels out. See? Listeners. They weren't if- hurting it. The mom was just trying to get to her baby. That was all. I wonder if they're in the chimney. Okay, oh we gosh. gotta wrap this up. But listen, I wish our listeners could have just seen her face. If you know how to solve a squirrel problem, hit us up in the comments. Leave us a right. message. Send us an email because we think it's squirrels. We think Whatever. our mom's crazy. We're definitely sure it's not <laughs> raccoons. We've had those before. We had a whole nursery in our. You know, I do think this goes along with the the beautiful Kentucky mountainside. Uh, yeah. Is it a mountain? Yeah. Nature. Yeah. Um, right. That's the beauty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our neighbor had three trees and I believe they, those were the condos that the squirrels were living in. So now you're becoming like, uh, I don't even know, like animal control. <laughs> Branching I mean, out. I, I think they just had to find another place to live. And, and that was in your brain, house, so. <laughs> your imagination. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to be back in two weeks with a book that we all love so much called The Huntress by Kate Quinn. And of course, listeners, make sure if you like our podcast that you tell everyone you know to listen to it. Until we read again.